trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Jamie Chaffetz. Jamie, he uses she, her pronouns, is a series creator of Effectively Schizo, which is a comedy web series aimed at reducing mental health stigma and promoting awareness for all types of mental health conditions. Jamie created, produces, writes, and acts in the web series, along with an amazing cast and crew. The Effectively Schizo pilot episode was recently chosen as an early selection for the New Jersey WebFest Film Festival. Hi, Jamie. Hi, how are you? I am doing well on this Tuesday afternoon in November. <laughs> Can't complain. Yeah. Um, how are you? Doing all right, you know, just plugging by, you know, COVID plugging. times, you gotta, yeah, plugging by, yeah. <laughs> Keep on moving. Um, yeah. So as y'all know, I like to let people know that how me and my guests today have met, and Jamie and I have actually never met in person. We are Instagram friends who have met <laughs> through the wild times of COVID. So I, I've said the one like good thing to come out of this is that I think we're all looking for human connection and feeling a little bit more bold to reach out to people via social media. Um, as a person who is extra extroverted, I have found it difficult. But for the people who are more introverted, I have found that they have found a lot of joy in being able to just literally make friends online. So I'm, I'm really excited that you message me and that we get to sit today and, and have this conversation. Yeah, definitely. I think this will, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So wait, before we get started, what part of the country are you in? I'm in New Jersey. Oh, we love an East Coaster. I'm from so. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, I know that energy anywhere. So yes, yes. Yeah. So um, on my show, we've talked about mental health um, stigma and mental health, um, going through therapy and trauma, but I don't think I have, no, I know I've never talked to anyone about schizophrenia. So I would love to kind of start with that, uh, what the definition is, what kind of things you want people to know about it. Um, and then what made you want to kind of create this, this web series or this comedy series around schizophrenia? Yeah. So, um, I was diagnosed with, it's, it's a, it's called schizoaffective disorder, but, um, it's a combination of schizophrenia and bipolar. So it's the two, it's a lovely mix of the two horrible, you know, mental illnesses. Um, and, um, yeah, usually the characteristics of it are like, you know, delusional thinking, paranoia, hallucinations, um, voices, all that stuff. And then you have the bipolar aspect, which is really fun. It's like, you know, you had, you can have the either be more of the uh, manic side or more the depressive side. I'm, I happen to fall more. I'm, I don't really know. They never specifically told me, but more so on the upper side, like the excitable way. Um, so yeah, I just, I was diagnosed in 2012 
And it took me many years of uh, therapy and just a lot of like shame to just be like, you know what, I want to talk about this and I don't really care who knows. And I want people to get better and feel comfortable with what they have. So that's kind of how it started. There's so much I want to unpack there. Um, So (laughs) also in your notes, I see a note about Lyme disease, which as a person from Connecticut, Lyme disease is something we often talk about, but for those who maybe don't know what that is, how does that tie into your identity, what you've gone through and kind of like what it affects for lack of a better term, like for those of, for those of my listeners who have no idea what Lyme disease is. Yeah. So I um, was early when I first was hospitalized in 2012, my doctor actually recommended I get a Lyme test because she thought it could be, have been the cause I tested negative that is because the Western blot test, which your doctor will give you, you know, go to LabCorp request or whatever. Um, that test is like really, it's like one strain of Lyme. Um, so anyway, long story short, um, Lyme disease, um, I had it probably since I was a kid, but I got diagnosed um, this past February um, through a lab called Igenix. Um, it's super expensive and I got funded because I, I'm not about to spend $700 on a Lyme test that I may or may not have it. Like, it's kind of crazy. Um, but I, but I got contacted from someone on Instagram, uh, which is funny. Um, but, um, she's awesome. And she told me, you know, you sound like my story. I had, I was diagnosed schizophrenia and they found out I had Lyme disease and my symptoms all went away from antibiotics. Um, so Lyme disease is basically, it can be like a great imitator, they call it. Um, it could cause schizophrenic symptoms. It can cause like facial paralysis, like Bell's palsy. Um, it can cause a lot of different things. So one of the things it can cause is schizoaffective schizophrenia. So it's kind of crazy, but yeah. I just, it's just always so wild to me. Like, cause I always think of like, people getting bitten by a tick is how you get Lyme disease. Like, oh, it's how a lot of folks in Connecticut would get it. So yeah, it's just how, oh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. That's how you get it. You get it yeah. from a tick, but yeah, it's, it's, I guess not as much as often in Texas, you know? <laughs> yeah. We don't have many a woods or many a tick. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know you wanted to talk about the physical disease of Lyme disease causing your mental health um, diagnosis. And I think it's, such an important discussion to have of like, you can go from like a quote, seemingly normal life to things changing super quickly. And you know how hard it is to get that diagnosis. And that goes into like, you were saying like the cost of it. And if you have healthcare and if you don't have healthcare and, you know, for me as a, as a black queer person, like even going to the doctor and sometimes not being believed and, you know, you, you having to advocate for yourself of like, I'm not going to spend this money if it's not going to be effective. Um, you already kind of, like you were saying, tested negative before. So I would love to hear more about like how you advocated for yourself, your journey into that and, um, how your web series is sort of helping to dismantle, um, the, the stigma around it. Cause I, I always say like some, we have all gone through something. Right. And I think as for me, I, lost my mom when I was 15. And then my dad and I stopped talking when I was 18. And so I always think about like traumas that way of like, you can literally be thrust into depression or um, um, abandonment issues or what what have you, like all these things that are things that can either be um, due to your surroundings or things that you've actually gone through physically. So all that to be said is that, can you like walk us through what this journey has looked like for you? Yeah, it's, it's been a wild journey. Um, I was a normal, you know, everyday kid. I had 
everyone has their issues, but I pretty much didn't, I mean, I didn't have like paranoia issues or like seeing, seeing things that weren't there, hearing like God's voice in my ear, you know, it wasn't like that. So it just happened when I was 18, I slowly slipped into this alternate reality and kind of got like lost in my own mind. Um, yeah, it, it, it happened. It happened just kind of gradually. Um, so I don't know if that answers that part of your question. Like it, it was just, um, it kind of makes you appreciate things that like, just it gives, I mean, I guess in a way it was a good thing that happened because I can see people's struggles and I can empathize with it more, I guess. I mean, in a way it's like, I can, I can see someone who's struggling. Like uh, I, it's really one of the things I want to do in the future with, I've always kind of wanted to do was like with um, the homeless population. I just like, there's so much mental illness and, you know, you see someone screaming on the street and they're screaming about God or, you know, not a religious person, but someone who maybe is homeless. And there's such a lack of resources for people who don't have supportive families and who don't have all, like access to healthcare. And it's like, that's something I'd really like to, um, to bring awareness to and to bring like, I don't know what the solution is, you know, but I just would like to somehow try to help. So yeah, I don't know if that answers that. <laughs> well, when you, when you find the answer, let us know. Um, right, I used to yeah. work in direct client support for people who were either experiencing homelessness or had experienced homelessness. Um, and a friend of, a friend of mine still works with that population. So we often talk about like with Austin being such a air quotes, progressive liberal city, what are we doing to actually acknowledge the homelessness problem and so like with our city we just got rid of tenting um which was there's a tenting ban so like people who were experiencing homelessness couldn't tent just anywhere and um and if they did they would get a fine and so they've taken that away and so now we're having the conversation of like how can we give more resources to this population we've talked about you know with the defunding the police conversation that's happened this summer if we cut the police budget by eight percent we could eradicate homelessness in austin and give resources to those folks. So yeah, yeah. As, a, as a person who has worked with uh, that population of folks, it's, it's always interesting to me how I interact with people experiencing homelessness versus how other people who, who haven't done that sort of work do. Um, and just having to have those conversations of like, these people have gone through things, right? Like no one wants to be homeless. No one wants to be dealing with the stuff that they're dealing with. And like you're saying of, you know, so many folks either diagnosed with the um, mental health diagnosis or folks who have it who are undiagnosed, but because they can't get into support because they can't afford it or they can't find it, um, all these things are going undiagnosed and therefore they're not getting helped. And so, yeah, I mean, I think for me too is whenever I have thought about like people who are dealing with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder, it has always been like, what you see in the movies of like making them these scary people who um, can't be trusted, who are always jittery. And I think of the disservice it does to folks who are, who are dealing with this. And so I would, I would love to hear how like you now being diagnosed with this and this part being part of your identity, you creating, like you're saying, this web series to kind of combat that. How has that been for you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, we've seen mostly support. There's a couple of people in the mental health realm that don't love the word schizo and a title, but that's a, that's a whole small other thing, but it's the, we're trying to bring the conversation to anybody. We're not just trying to like, you know, talk to anybody and then only, you can only be a mental health person to understand this. We want to like, that's where we kind of like the comedy comes from. It's like, we want it to be approachable topic that anybody can learn about 
and get educated on while having like a good time watching it and like you don't know you're learning but you're kind of learning like Mm -hmm. so yeah I think it's just it's just kind of crazy like yeah we're just trying to bring it to as many people just try to help at least one person out there who's struggling some kid in Iowa who's like schizophrenic and living in his basement and the parents you know won't talk to him or I've heard just so many stories like really sad stories about parents not supporting their kids after they're diagnosed and it's horrible like I come from a very supportive family so it's like I'm very fortunate and some and a lot of people don't have that so it's like we're trying to do this for the people that can't talk about it also people who aren't diagnosed and then just want to learn you know so yeah I was yeah. just again reading your notes about like don't hog your journey and I love that that's kind of why I wanted to start this show just giving people a space to to talk about what they've been going through so I love that sort of like building camaraderie around a thing that can be so isolating I really I really resonate with that and I think that's that's really great so how did like do you decide to do the show like obviously you're going through this um thing in your life um don't know like you're saying you have a really supportive family but you're knowing that you can't be the only one going through this so like what was the process of deciding to start the show like you're saying kind of getting that pushback from having this title for it um but knowing that it was it was very necessary yeah so I basically I had been wanting to I work in video production and I was kind of like just getting into it and I really wanted to do like a side project but I didn't really know what it was and I had like all these ideas and I went to my friend who's like um you know he directs like small short films and stuff like that um Rob and he um was like you don't need permission to start this like just like do it like just start writing it like go (laughs) I was like okay so I just started writing it and I had no idea how to write a script I did it on Microsoft Word had no idea there was like actual tools that make you know the actual screenwriting process so um but yeah we we just started I found um I contacted NAMI which is a National Alliance Mental Illness they were so wonderful and gave me recommendations to two people that would that helped write the series and then I found another friend who was I met at a writing group and we just kind of all came together wrote this like 18 page script and started casting actors and it kind of went from there an 18 page script I want to point out (laughs) (laughs) just just to to go from like I don't know where to begin to having an 18 page script I just like want you to take that moment like oh my god I did that like that's so cool um Uh, I feel like I feel like a lot of folks let me let me back that up me personally I have I get to a point, like I was talking to a friend last night, like I constantly have projects I want to do. Right. And so I I totally feel that like, you don't need permission to start anything sort of thing. And so can you walk us like what, what the show sort of looks like? Um, Like what, what is, is kind of what, what the makeup of the show is, is it you playing you? Is it someone playing you? Like what, what is it, what does it look like? Yeah, so it's um, me playing a version of myself. I, my character's name is Jules Glick. Um, kind of, you know, similar based off my name, but um, it's not, there's a, there's a lot of fictional stuff in the in this story, but um, the journey of the first episode is like, I'm finding out I have schizoaffective disorder. My psychiatrist is telling me this. I'm, and then I meet a friend um, in the, like I bump into a friend, which actually happened to me. I bumped into a friend in my psychiatrist's office. I thought she worked there. And I was so embarrassed to see her because I was like, oh my God, she's going to know I have a mental illness. And then she turns out she was going to the doctor too. Like she was just someone there. Um, so I meet this friend and we kind of go on an adventure and kind of like try to find a schizoaffective spokesperson. Um, and we, you know, we put signs up and we have auditions and all these crazy, you know, quirky characters. 
are coming in for um, the audition. And then we kind of, at the end, I don't want to like give it all away, but the end yeah. there's like, there's acceptance and there's kind of like that the, it's titled acceptance, the first episode. Cause it's like, it's full circle, the stages of grief. We kind of wanted to do each episode as a stage of grief. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, there's just um, a lot of people that are endearing and make you smile. And uh, I try to try to be as good as they are at acting. Cause they're, <laughs> they're like actual actors. <laughs> the professionals um yeah I think also I would love to hear like you're like you're saying you 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 slash your character went to therapy or a professional for help um and I guess like for I think a lot of folks think that people who are schizoaffective or bipolar um own like are always on meds or just always on um or in therapy and if you don't mind like sharing what your sort of your journey has looked like with um, getting help to help with your mental illness of um, what has worked for you, what what you would like people to know about people who are dealing with this and, and how people can be supportive, like you're saying, creating the space that people don't feel so alone. Yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll start out with the medicine. Um, I've been on medication since I was hospitalized, been on so many terrible medications for years. Then I finally got to see a doctor who actually cared about me, I feel like, and then, uh, which was, it's just the, the type of care that you get for like, I don't know, just like the basic care, the doctor will give you a script. He doesn't care if you're sleeping all day or tired or getting side effects, just take the medicine. And that's mm. be, that be that we actually asked the doctor at one point, like, would it be, a, would it, what do you think about getting a second opinion? He's like, you're not going to get anything better than what I'm saying. It's going to be the same anywhere else. And we're like, oh, we believed him. So mm. we just stuck with him for a while. But um, so, yeah, I've been on med- bad meds, but then I finally got on medications that were, um, you know, promoted me to like have a, more of a life and not to just be sleeping all day. And I could, you know, focus and have goals and dreams and all that stuff. Um, so that's, I mean, medicine has been huge. Um, it's not the only thing, but it, it is a disease that affects you physically. So you can't control these things that are going on in your brain. You need something that's going to help regulate you a little bit. Um, what was the second part of the question? I knew I wanted to say something else. Um, um, we talked about, I, I had asked about um, therapy and, and is there like support groups? Is there like ways that you have found that have really helped you um, with kind of um, not, I don't want to say dealing with, but um, but like, is there like a support group that you've been in or um, what has therapy looked like for you? Yeah. So I never truly resonated with support groups because it was always like everyone was so open and it was hard for me to be open in a group Mm -hmm. setting, Um, which I think nowadays I'd probably be more open to it. But it was just when it was first happening, it was very confusing. Like on the wall, it would be like the the rites of passage, you know, believe in God. And there's all this stuff Mm -hmm. about God. And I was like having these God delusions. So it's like, how does that make sense? Doesn't. Um, But yeah, so therapy has been great. Um, (laughs) It's been really like my, my first therapist was uh, actually encouraged me to not come out as queer or gay or whatever he, um, mm. so that wasn't so good. That was not a good thing. Not a good experience. He was like, his line was like, well, do you want to be gay? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, you're not. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm not, you know, like it was just a weird thing, but my therapist now I really love, she's, she's just amazing. And um, it, it helps to have that weekly like check-in kind of thing to um to kind of keep me balanced I guess yeah it's interesting to hear too of the stigma in with the mental health professionals that you first saw like yet that first doctor you said like you're not going to get a better a better uh opinion than mine and then the second doctor telling you 
not to live authentically, essentially. Um, and I think about that often uh, uh, in marginalized groups, either people who identify as female or queer or a person of color and just that whole process. And I don't think a lot of people understand that even healthcare professionals can be so detrimental to the journey that people are going going through. And I often tell people of like my mom um, was diagnosed with cervical and uterine cancer. And then my father had colorectal cancer. And now I have a very irregular menstrual cycle. They don't know what's going on. And so I constantly am having conversations with my doctors and they like, we've done the scans, we've done the things. And so they often are like, are you sure you're going through this? I'm like, do you think I would want to be here spending the money if right. I didn't have to? Right. And so I, 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 I think like I was super not triggered, but like hearing that part of your story was like, wow, like just what people have to go through in order to get adequate care, um, especially on top of you know, already identifying as a marginalized person, but then also dealing with the mental health Ill illness itself that has so much stigma attached to it. So I, I'm just saying all this, like, I commend you for continuing to fight for yourself because I think a lot of people would just be like, well, like you were saying, like, well, this is it, this is the best I'm going to get. So how important it is to advocate for yourself and, and keep fighting if it's not something that's fitting into your life. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's doctors are just like anybody else. They could have their own hangups about whatever they're, I don't even know, but <laughs> they just don't always get it. And they don't always support you as an individual. Um, and like, what really is like the best for you? Like they're just sometimes clocking in and clocking on. It's like, do you even care? <laughs> like, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, yeah, yeah, but but I've I've seen I I am seeing a Lyme doctor now and it's amazing how I wanted to just mention that um ever since I started taking the antibiotics like the voices in my head have like slowly just diminished like I'm able to wake up in the morning and like not be afraid of the birds outside and like it's not a scary thing to hear a bird chirping like it's just this beautiful silence that's in my ears and I'm like I can I can just think you know um so that's another medicine thing that I just have has been positive, you know, recently. Yeah. I, I think you mentioned it before the person that you had connected with online of them saying, um, getting on an antibiotic for the Lyme can help of, like with, um, treating the, the, uh, mental health. And that's, it, I don't think people understand like how tied together, like your physical and mental health are. And so to hear literally by me taking this med to treat a physical disease, it has helped my mental health disorder. Uh, yeah just, science <laughs> it's I know and it's like I'm, my doctor even said he's like what do you think syphilis did to people it made them go like just totally mm -hmm. whatever just go out there in their minds and like that's a physical disease that we don't really hear about nowadays but it happened a lot back in you know however many years ago that was yeah um and maybe there's more science that we don't know that's causing anxiety or causing depression you know um so it's just yeah so you have this web series, oh, the, sorry, this comedy series, and it got picked to be in the WebFest. Hold on, I got to scroll back. The New Jersey WebFest in September of 2021. Um, so tell us more about that process and how did you hear about the festival? How did you submit to it? What is the festival specifically focusing on? Yeah, so it's a, a New Jersey-based web festival. It's a lot of web series. It's a lot of uh, content that's created from people in New Jersey, but it's all around the world. They, they select anybody. Um, but yeah, we, um, I think I just did some networking on, honestly, Instagram again, Instagram <laughs> has been my, like, my go-to. 
but um, I think they found me or I found them and we followed each other. And then I submitted, um, we submitted this, you know, we have to, it's the full, um, our video is like 18 or 19 minutes long and we submitted it and then found out we were an early selection. It was like really crazy. We had to like submit a poster. It became like, kind of like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like real. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're just excited. Hopefully it'll happen in person. Fingers crossed. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, but yeah, we're excited. Are you nominated like for something specific or is like the festival just like an all like is like is it for comedy is it for like best new series like what do you use yeah um I'm actually I need to <laughs> I need to go and look at the thing we actually submitted <laughs> for I know is it, it was either a web series or a comedy web series okay um but it's like usually it's I think it's less than 20 minutes and something along those lines I just also like I'm trying to think of like if we're still because we're recording right now and it's November if we're still in quarantine and dealing with this next year, because we've already canceled South by in Austin again this year, which I can't talk about. It makes me so sad. Oh, no. um, but to think about like, what, what would that, what was that, like, what are film festivals or festivals going to look like moving forward if we don't ever get out of this? That's just my brain right now. Yeah, that's, I no, I, I totally feel it. I, and I didn't know they canceled that in Austin again. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be online, but I'm like, okay it's not the same yeah it's not the same I mean obviously like, keeping people safe is the most important but it's just like, right I just get nervous because it's been around for so long I'm like is it gonna ever happen again anyway yeah um so you have this Instagram effectively schizo named after the show I'm assuming yes. or in correlation with the show um have you been seeing um have how how's that been like being a social media account um that focus is mostly on schizophrenia and I'm assuming people who are also diagnosed with schizophrenia reach out or watch the show. And um, yeah, I would just like to know like how building an online community for people with um, a mental health diagnosis has gone. Um, I talked to my friend Elise last week um, and we were talking about this. She's a therapist. And so she's created like this space for people to come and actually talk to a real therapist on Instagram, which is a whole discussion for a whole different day um but I would love to hear how like that has been for building community for folks yeah we get um it's nice it's nice when we get those accounts that are like commenting on something or messaging us and being like you know I didn't know anyone else had schizoaffective I've never even heard of anyone else having it and it's like that like blows my mind because I'm just like you know it usually tends to help people like that or just make them feel comfortable about more comfortable about themselves yeah um but yeah we um I'm trying to think we I mean we just have yeah it's mostly those people I know for example one uh one person who was this wasn't on Instagram this is just like a side story but there was someone who came to me that um her husband was dealing with depression and when he saw the show um said that was the first time he laughed in like months and I was like I feel like a connection to that because it's like you know, we're, that's what we're trying to do. But, um, but yeah, the, um, the online community has been great. I mean, we, um, we try to connect with a lot of different mental health organizations. We've, you know, done an Instagram live with this group called made of millions. Um, they, they help with people who have mental illness. So yeah, it's just been, been great. Well, I will be sure to link all of your stuff in the show notes because I think all the work that you're doing is really important. Um, (laughs) And at the end of each episode, I like to kind of end with a high note, um, sort of a palate cleanser uh, for every show um, by asking the question, what is the best advice you've ever been given? 
or what's a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Well, I already talked about the permission topic because mm-hmm. I was gonna, I was, uh, that, that could be applied here. Um, what I would tell my younger self is probably that you have to work really hard to, and work, work hard for things that you care about to get to be like where a place that you want to be or to the, to the next step of your, you know, personal growth. Um, but I would just say, don't be scared to like, to try anything that you're interested in. Like you want to create a web series, great. You want to act in it. Okay. Take acting lessons. Like I took an acting class, um, you know, just reached out to the media. We got into the Asbury park press, you know, like how we had a opening night in a movie theater, like just keep doing things and keep pushing yourself, um, and do the things that excite you, you know? So that's what I would tell my younger self. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on Jamie. Um, and that's it for this week's episode of the Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Tea with Brie. Send me an email at the Tea with Brie at gmail.com and visit the website, the Tea with Brie podcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music. And I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.